This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Thursday, January 2. It's only the 2 of January. It's... Two zero two zero two. Two what? Two zero two zero two. Twenty twenty, the second day of twenty twenty. Uh huh. So it's two zero two zero two. Yeah. Can you imagine? Uh, like the whole month of April is going to be nuts this year. It's going to be four twenty twenty for a month. <laughs> <laughs> so what? What's new with you guys? We haven't chatted for a little bit. We had Christmas Fuck. and the New Year's in between. Yeah, I just had time to do projects yeah. so i made uh made the doggies a bench for the front window uh which is going great because now it means lulu can just stand in her hind legs and scratch at the window awesome <laughs> that's great but uh she likes it she'll sit up there and just watch everything going on outside just watch all the passers by yeah unless if, a, if there's a dog that walks by then she's like i gotta get outside must murder other animal Excepting, she always uh, barks at cats. Huh. Uh, and yesterday, she went out in the backyard, and there's a cat on the other side of the fence she started barking at. That cat hissed and swatted at the fence, and Lulu quickly gave up. <laughs> it's like, you're uh, all, you're you're all, all bark. Talking ga- you're all talking. <laughs> yep. Mm. I see. Just that, making stuff on the lathe. Yeah. Some, I made my first bowl today, which apparently that's what people start off doing on a lathe. Making bowls? Yeah. Yeah. I just had an extra piece sitting on there after making a lidded pot for my sister, mm. or lidded box, and I had enough left over to make a bowl. I'm like, let's make a bowl. And then you can put keys or whatever in it. Or cereal. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Super yeah. duper. And you had a good Christmas? Uh, I guess. I didn't really do anything. I made, yeah. I, I worked in the garage because I was like, I, no one else is going to call me to do anything today, so I'm going to go fucking work in the garage <laughs> while I can. <laughs> and uh, New Year's? Uh, I went to sleep about nine. Oh, yeah? And then got up and started working. <laughs> wow. Oh, so there's one funny story. Oh, yeah? So I got off work on Christmas Eve, and I get home, and Sarah is sitting in the front window. I'm like, that's usually not sitting there with the window open. Like where the dog, where, where you made the bench Where for I made the, the bench for the dogs, yeah. yeah. And, and I, she was dead the whole time. I know, it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I come inside, and I'm just kind of talking with her, then I see a moving truck move pull up out front and i'm like oh why is there a moving truck parked in front of the house she's like i'm leaving you forever well, well her response was <laughs> you got home too early i'm like well what the fuck does that mean i was gonna be all moved out by the time you got here but then i looked downstairs and i'm like oh, the railing's taken off and i'm like there's no couch down there i'm like oh you got a new couch <laughs> so i'm like okay i'll take the dogs out back so you can surprise me with it um they brought the wrong one oh <laughs> Like the totally wrong couch? Like the right couch, but the different, the wrong shape. Oh, different configuration. So is it like a sectional? Yeah, it's a sectional. And they, it was supposed to be like the long side comes this way along the wall, then the short side. And they brought the exact opposite. Mm. So like that won't fit. Yeah. When we got the sectional down here, 
Like we, we went through it like four times with the guy. He's like, I want to make sure we have this perfect because there've been mistakes made in the past. And that's exactly what Sarah said. She's like, I told him it has to be this way. I don't want to be fucked up because this is a surprise. So when I went to work Saturday morning, Sarah got up to get the other couch ready to be donated. So it was not even in the house. Like it was gone, (laughs) completely gone. Uh So there was no couches downstairs. <laughs> oh. And then the other one was supposed to arrive before I got home on Saturday that morning and showed up when I showed up and it was the wrong one. Oh. So she's like, I spent four months saving up so I could get you this. Now it's not here. I'm like, I. And the surprise is ruined. ruined. <laughs> yeah. It's all fucked. But it finally got delivered this last Saturday while I was at work. And yeah, I took a nap there today a little bit. Nice. It's very functional yeah. and comfy. Yeah, the, I like it. The dogs like it. Cool. Yeah. Super duper. Yeah. And you? I also have a surprise ruined story. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, for on one of the days, I think it was the 28th on or around Christmas time, we all went to an arcade in Spanish Fork, which has a virtual reality headset killing zombies game mm. which is a lot of fun mm. and uh so a day or so after that i was at work and remembering that game and i text danielle and i said i want this the playstation vr now because after mm. playing that other game mm. and didn't really think any more about it i have a birthday coming up but um, last night I was standing in the kitchen Googling v- VR stuff, you know, so I can figure out what I want and how to do it, whatever. Mm. And she kept asking me, what are you looking at? What do you keep looking at? And I'm like, why? <laughs> what are you what doing it? over there? I'm, I know. I'm like, I'm just <laughs> looking up VR stuff. Cause I want to save up and get one. And she's like, well, now you ruined the surprise. Well, first of all, <laughs> you ruined it. <laughs> but, um, anyway, so that's exciting. Yeah, it's fun. So I'm stoked for that to come. So she's getting you a VR thing. Yeah, for the PlayStation. Nice. Yep. Christmas and New Year's was good. That sounds fun. What'd you do for New Year's? Um, not much, actually. Danielle and I had a few beers and hung out. Yeah. Yeah. Waited for the ball to drop and then went to bed. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we, Christmas was good. You know, we do our traditional Danish Christmas Eve family dinner with pork roast and potatoes and brunica tafter. Potatoes. And all of that standard Danish fare. And then exchange, you know, a couple gifts for everybody that night. And then Christmas Day, everybody comes back and we do breakfast burritos and then open mm-hmm. presents. So, you know, we've had people in and out of the house for the past two weeks, basically every day. And it's been kind of nice yesterday and today, not having a bunch of people over, but it was fun. I mean, it's, it's always fun. It was not nearly as raucous a time as has been in the past, just because of all of the deaths in the family and people Mm. being sick. Tracy's mom had to go to the hospital again. Uh, I can't even remember everything. There's just been so much going on that it all has kind of, blurred together but it was after christmas i think i believe that tracy it it was it was like i think the friday after christmas and 
Tracy and I were downstairs. We'd had dinner, went downstairs, watched a couple shows, and her grandmother called her at like, I don't know, I think it was 11 o'clock, and was just like, I'm very worried about your mother. <laughs> and apparently Tracy's mom was really sick. So Tracy left the house after 11, got over to her grandmother's house a little before 12, and said that her mother was in so much pain, she was basically nonverbal, just kind of grunting. Oh. And so Tracy took her to the emergency room, stayed the night with her there, and then they admitted her for, I think she was in the hospital for three days with the, another round of C. diff that just doesn't seem to want to go away. But she's feeling better now um, and is back at home. My grandfather died that next morning, Saturday morning. Um, let's see. Christmas was on what, a Wednesday or a Thursday? It was Wednesday. Because I got to work on Tuesday and uh, Tuesday was Christmas Eve. Okay. So when, when the whole family was over here for Christmas, um, you know, like I said, we do the breakfast burrito thing. And it's just like this long bar of, you know, potatoes and eggs and bacon and sausage and health food a bunch of a bunch of different stuff to put in a, a breakfast burrito right and they're really good um and the whole family comes over we do that my mother was here and i was asking her for the latest on how my grandfather was doing and she's like well it's not he's not doing very well at all um we're hoping that he can hang on where he is right now until tomorrow or maybe friday and then we're going to be moving him to, into hospice mm -hmm. because his road is coming to an end and he can't go home, but he also can't stay where he is now. So we need to, you know, get a more long-term place to put him in. And she said, but his health is declining so fast, we're not sure if he's even going to make it through to the weekend. And so, you know, all of that goes on and she's very sad. And it, it was just a much more subdued, somber mm -hmm. holiday season this year at the house because of... Tracy's grandfather dying, her mother being so sick, my grandfather dying, being disowned, like, <laughs> ta like a ton of horrible shit has happened in the last couple months. It, it it does feel like whenever I get a text from you as of lately, it's like, uh oh, that's, that's not good. <laughs> oh no, what is oh, Dan letting me shit. know now? Fuck. <laughs> um. So yeah, it was it was fun, but it just. I, I didn't get blackout drunk at all, which is good, I guess. <laughs> which, this would have been the occasion to get blackout drunk. You would think so, right? Like, everybody, yeah. But no, it was it was much more subdued. Everybody was a little blue, but it still still was a good Christmas and New Year's. How um, do you know? New <laughs> how do you know they were blue? How do I know it was blue? Uh, people <laughs> told me it was blue, and I took their word for it. Oh. Um, and then New Year's, we just had, I think we had like six or seven people over. And I did get fairly drunk on New Year's. And then we just played board games and shit. And I got the Jack Pack. I don't know if you if you guys have ever played the You Don't Know Jack series of games and stuff. But it's through your computer. I think a long time ago. Yeah. And they, I mean, they've continually made new games and stuff. And they have like party packs now that I was just playing on Steam through my laptop into the television and then everybody can use their smartphones and you know, there's different, there's a bunch of different games you can play, but that was a lot of fun. And then, uh, we just sat around chatting and everything for a while. And then Tracy and I sat around chatting. I don't think we got to bed until like three 30 and then slept in until almost 11 yesterday. Whoa. But we were both very, very tired. And then here we are recording now. Yeah. And so I had not yet been able to put out the 
audio of the phone call with my father. Um, you guys were kind enough to record an intro with me just mm. before starting recording this oh, episode of the, the show. Magic. And so <laughs> that will be used for the intro <laughs> to the phone call with my father that will be released only to Patreon patrons. Um, you, typically when I put stuff out on Patreon from the show, I make it public. Like our Patreon patrons get it before anybody else. And then I usually set it for two weeks after initial release that it's available to the public. I will not be doing that with this phone call. So if you're out in the listening audience and you've discovered my little thing about putting stuff out on Patreon and then having it be available a couple weeks longer, know that that will not happen with this phone call that it, this is only for our Patreon patrons and it will not be made uh, as a public Patreon post. Um, if you are not a Patreon patron and want to hear it, you can of course still contribute to Brandy's GoFundMe. We'll be accepting uh, donations to that through the end of January. Uh, so if you want to make a contribution there, I'll send you a link to the audio so that you can listen to it if you would like. Um, but that's about it for me. Okay. Should we talk about news and shit? Maybe. Other stuff that's been happening in the world over the past couple weeks? Yeah. This new year's been starting off with the yeah. slap. Real bang. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, guys. This is Brandy Hamrick. I'm from Charleston, West Virginia. Contrary to popular belief, we don't all fuck our cousins, and we didn't all vote for Trump. And you're listening to the Godless Revolution. You know what I was thinking about today? I was thinking about those street gangs they have down in Los Angeles, those Crips and those Bloods. And I was thinking about that bunch of new laws I came up with in the 1980s, I think it was, to combat those street gangs, those Crips and those Bloods. And if I remember rightly, the gist of what those new laws were saying was, if you join one of these gangs and you're running with them, and down the block one night, unbeknownst to you, one of your fellow Crips or your fellow Bloods shoot up a place, or stab a guy, well then, even though you may not know nothing about it, and even though you may have just been standing on a street corner minding your own business, what these new laws said was, you're still culpable. You're still culpable by the very act of having joined those Crips and those Bloods in the first place. Which got me thinking, Father, that whole type of situation is kind of like you church boys, ain't it? You got your colors, you got your clubhouse. You're, for want of a better word, a gang. And if you're upstairs smoking a pipe and reading your Bible while one of your fellow gang members is downstairs fucking an altar boy, well, father, just like those Crips and just like those Bloods, you're culpable because you joined the gang, man. I don't care if you never did shit and you never saw shit and you never heard shit. You joined the gang, you're culpable. And when a person is culpable to altar boy fucking or any kind of boy fucking, because I know you guys didn't really narrow that down, then you kind of forfeit the right to come into my house and say anything about me or my life or my daughter or my billboards. So why don't you just finish up your tea there, Father, and get the fuck out of my kitchen. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. Welcome back. But that was a long wait. I mean, I was, we're fucking gone for a while there. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, we have this story that's a follow-up to a previous story that we talked about. Um, 
where West Virginia corrections cadets were photographed doing the Nazi salute. Yeah. Of course, people were rightly angry about that. And this story comes to us from the Hill. Uh, says more than 30 West Virginia corrections cadets and staff will be fired over a class photo in which the participants made the classic Nazi salute. West Virginia Governor Jim Justice. Sounds like a superhero name. A Marvel name. Republican. Alliteration. (laughs) I'm Governor Jim Justice. It'd be better if he was Judge Justice. (laughs) Yeah. Reviewed and approved the recommended terminations from the Department of Military Affairs and Public Safety, according to a statement from his office. As I said from the beginning, I condemn the photo of basic training class 18 in the strongest possible terms, Justice said in the statement. Also said that this act needed to result in real consequences, terminations and dismissals. This kind of behavior will not be tolerated on my watch in any agency of state government, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good attitude to have toward it. Yeah, that's. That's the Jim Justice attitude. (laughs) (laughs) The report reviewed by the governor recommended the termination or the termination of an academy staff member and four academy instructors who had knowledge of the photo and salute and all cadets who participated. The investigation found the gesture was used in the classroom within the first two or three weeks of training and symbolized a, quote, sign of respect for Bird, the class instructor. Was he a fucking Nazi? Oh, it gets better. (laughs) Bird, whose first name is not provided, claimed she was not aware of the implications behind the salute. Bull (laughs) fucking shit. Then what what did she think it meant (laughs) that she wanted it? Yeah. Yeah. She wanted them to do this, but says she was unaware of the implications of what it is. Like, yeah, that makes no sense at all. I guarantee you could find a five-year-old right now that knows what the fuck a Nazi salute is. (laughs) Uh, Mm. but other interviews contradicted that saying she instructed the cadets to make it quote, the investigation disclosed that she encouraged it, reveled in it, and at times reciprocated the gesture, the report said. Well, that's how you do a proper Nazi salute. You (laughs) salute back. Additionally, Mm. Bird appeared to overrule the corrective actions taken by others and assured the cadets the behavior was acceptable. Oh, wow. So... People are like, I don't really feel comfortable doing this. We probably shouldn't do that. Oh, no, it'll be fine. Trust me. It's perfectly acceptable. At least it sounds like other people stepped in and said, you know what you're doing is fucking wrong. Uh Uh-huh. At least that happened. Yeah. Yeah, there was a a voice of dissent there, and she just squashed it. The photo was reportedly taken multiple times because not everyone participated until oh, Bird instructed them to do oh so. Oh my gosh. She just got all them fucking fired. <laughs> and some cadets made a fist instead of the salute in an attempt to appease the instructor. The report recommended that every cadet be terminated because of the far-reaching and harmful perceptions of the gesture. Bird gave the photo to secretarial staff as part of a regular procedure and told them to caption it, Hail Bird. So she does know. She fucking knew what it meant. Uh, Adding, that's why they do it, because I'm I'm a hard ass like Hitler. (laughs) Three people, two training instructors and one cadet were fired when the photo surfaced earlier this month. And so now apparently the rest of the cadets have been fired as well. I kind of, I I do feel a little bad for the some of those cadets. Yeah. If, like if they were, if they like were forced, forced and coerced it. into making that symbol, and especially for the ones that tried to basically kind of revolt against mm-hmm. it, be like, no, I'm just going to do a fist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I, that's, that's as much as I'm going to do for you. Yeah. And I mean, we can see in the photo, there's what, at least one. I remember we two, counted it the first I think, time. I think there were like, there were like two or five, three or four, four that were 
that were not doing the Nazi salute, but yeah. just had a fist raised in yeah. the air. And and it's unclear whether they were removed or not, but it sounds like they were all fired as like well. Like you can even see like the person on the far left in the photo. It looks like an instructor, I'm guessing, because they're both they're wearing a white shirt like the person on the right is. Yeah. And that one's doing a fist, but the one on the other side is doing a straight up Hail Hitler. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a guy in the back who's doing a, a fist. And but... Well, one guy's got his hand in the air like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Thumb out, not doing the... Just kind of waving. But yeah, so she not mm. only made them do this, but then tried to fucking lie about it. Yep. When, like, anybody with any bit of common sense would realize, no, if you tell people to do this and it's... You know, you're you're saying it like hail bird. You what, what know. the fuck do you? Yeah, what do you? Th- you can't say that you don't know the implications of it. Hail bird, hail Hitler. Uh, saying that you're a hard ass like, like Hitler, Hitler, and that's why. The, yeah, what a what a fucking dummy. Just despicable. I'm I'm glad that they terminated most of those people. I feel I do feel bad for some of the cadets who were reluctant participants yeah if they were removed but it like i say it's not entirely clear if they were as well also what kind of a fucking ego does that chick have oh yeah to be like oh no you need to do this like i'm your supreme leader yeah and then yeah. caption it hail bird yeah yeah she's got trump syndrome and try to pass it off like oh no it's fine it's fine yeah this is totally normal we're in west virginia people it's gonna be yeah. fun <laughs> oh. <sighs> ah uh this story is a little bit older but it's one that I thought was very interesting. Um, so Sarah Huckabee Sanders, of course, was the press secretary for mm-hmm. Donald John Trump. Until she had to go focus on family. <laughs> Do you ever notice that that's kind of like the key word whenever somebody leaves office? Like, I want to go oh, spend some more time I'm, with my family. I'm not leaving because this is a shit storm. I need to go focus on family. Yeah. Yeah, I need to spend more quality time with my family. I've just been so busy and dedicated to doing the hard work of this fucking monster. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather be with my shitty-ass family and relatives <laughs> than one more minute here. <laughs> uh, this comes to us from The Guardian. Uh, so after Sarah Sanders left, they got a new press secretary, Stephanie Grisham, who I believe to date still has not had an like actual single, press yeah, conference. Never. Not a single one. This is about the only picture I've ever seen of her. But she just she just lobs... Lobs grenades from the sidelines every now and then. This was one of them. Uh, The headline says Trump press secretary, (laughs) Trump press secretary backtracks claim Obama officials left. You will fail notes. Stephanie Grisham retracted claim that she and her colleagues encountered notes after rejection from ex Obama staffers. Uh, The White House press secretary has backed down from her claim that Obama administration officials left behind notes for Trump staffers saying you will fail and you aren't going to make it after a number of aides denied the allegation. In a radio interview on Tuesday, Stephanie Grisham said she and her colleagues had encountered the notes upon entering White House offices. Quote, when we came into the office, I'll tell you something. Every office was filled with Obama books and we had notes left behind that said, you will fail. You aren't going to make it, she said. In the press office, there was a big note taped to a door that said, you will fail, Grisham told the John Frederick show. Grisham retracted her claims, however, after a full-throated rejection from former Obama staffers. Quote, this is absolutely not true, said Chris Liu, a White House cabinet secretary in the Obama administration. Obama repeatedly and publicly praised Bush cooperation during 2009 tra- transition and pledged we would provide same cooperation to whoever followed us, and that's what we did. If Grisham is correct, 
why has it taken three years to come out? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like if that had been, if that had actually taken place, do you think Donald Trump wouldn't have gathered all of the sticky notes himself and been waving them in front of a fucking camera for all the world to see? Yeah. He's able to keep his mouth shut for three years on something like that. (laughs) And my other thing is she's what the fifth press secretary to come in. Right. Right. Did she come in day one as something else? Or and notice the notes. And notice the notes day one. Yeah. Exactly. Or did she not come in until three years later to take over the press secretary job? And they just hadn't cleaned up the notes for yeah. three years. Right. Right. <laughs> and yeah. nobody else happened to notice them and think they were yeah. a big deal. <laughs> Susan Rice, who served as Obama's national security advisor, was similarly dismissive. This is another bald-faced lie. Rice wrote on Twitter. Other Obama officials, including. Joanna Rosholm, the former press secretary to Michelle Obama, posted photos of the notes they had left behind. None of the notes said, you will fail. Peter Vells, who worked as an assistant to the director of communications in the Obama administration, posted a photo of a note which said, best of luck to you and your team. And he's got the photo here. The full note says, hi, welcome to the best seat to history. I've occupied this desk for three and a half years, and I've loved every minute of it. Best of luck to you and your team, and remember... In the best, this is that's a handwritten note. So pardon yeah. me. In the best and worst days, the work of serving the American people is never done. If you ever need any advice or need to know where the copier paper is, <laughs> <laughs> please don't hesitate to reach out. I'm at, and then he wrote his phone number and said, "Best of luck, Peter Vells." After the backlash, Grisham walked back from her initial remarks. She issued a statement saying the controversy was silly, but didn't expand <sighs> on why she had made the claims. I certainly wasn't implying every office had that issue, Grisham said. I was talking specifically and honestly about our experience in the lower press office, nowhere else. I don't know why everyone is so sensitive. Because you made it the fuck up. Because you fucking lied about it. And when they say we are the least divisive fucking whatever in history, how Obama was so divisive, he tore the country apart. And then you're posting shit like this with the pure intent of dividing people yeah of trying to make the prior administration look Look, bad yeah yeah that's just that's why people are upset it's it's like they don't fucking care they just say whatever they want and think that you know they'll i'll just say whatever the fuck i want i'll present Mm -hmm. it and if i'm called out on it well it's an alternative fact or you misheard me or you're misrepresenting what i said or oh you're just so sensitive like yeah and it works on the vast majority of people out there yeah it does you remember when a presidential flub used to be wearing a white suit in spring when it wasn't like the right kind of suit to wear yeah. it was a tan or suit, tan yeah. or whatever, or putting mustard on your hot dog, too much mustard on there, or walking off stage in the wrong direction to where it wasn't a door. Those were good presidential flubs. Yeah. Misspelling <laughs> potato. Yeah. Stuff like that. Now, now we're at a whole fucking new level. Yeah. They're fucking Dan Quayle. <laughs> nice reference. Yeah, you're welcome. Every, everyone will get that. Yeah, you're welcome. You're, you're very, very welcome. I'm, I'm glad you liked that one. Uh, what do you, do you have? Some newsies for us? Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm throwing you uh, on the spot. On a November day, just south of the Texas border, Francisco left the temporary shelter he'd been stuck in for four months to travel to a nearby port of entry in the U.S. Francisco is one of more than 50,000 asylum seekers forced to wait in Mexico under a controversial program from the Trump administration. His case had been working its way through the immigration courts, but he he and his attorneys were optimistic that his long journey from Cuba toward protection in the U.S. was nearly over. A few weeks earlier, Francisco, 25 years old, 
had been allowed to travel from Nuevo Laredo, Mexico, to a temporary secretive court set up by the Trump administration in Laredo, Texas. He and his attorneys made his case through video teleconference to immigration judge Eric Tahir <clears throat> T. Harina. Francisco told the court how he'd fled Cuba after being beaten and shackled by government officials for criticizing the Cuban government as a dictatorship. As a Cuban dissident, Francisco dreamed of living in the U.S., a country he admired from afar for its democratic system and values. Sucker. <laughs> <laughs> On November 21st, the decision came in. It is hereby ordered that respondents' application for asylum pursuant to Section 208 of the Act be granted. But what happened next is uh, what. But what happened next is what <laughs> immigration advocates and attorneys say is the troubling and apparently new trend of U.S. officials going out of their way, including issuing fake court date notices. What? In order to keep even those who have been granted asylum out of the country. With his court order in hand, Francisco traveled four days uh, later to the port of entry, the same place where he had first applied for asylum in July, with his attorney. He gave the 14-page document to a U.S. Customs and Border Protect Protection official and requested to be let in. Instead, a border official took Francisco aside and gave him a notice for a non-existent court hearing in January, according to one of his attorneys. What's more, Francisco would also have to wait in Mexico as Homeland Security officials used their allotted 30-day window to decide whether to appeal his case. I, uh, That's such fucking bullshit. Yeah. They're, so, so the same government entities that are saying, yes, you get asylum, are also going, no, we're going to appeal what was already given to you by our judges that are going to look at it again. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah. The whole thing's bullshit. There shouldn't be any 30-day appeal of it at all. If he goes to the judge and the judge goes, yeah, you are, you are in distress. You or your country is wanting to harm you. Um, it is best that we get you out of there as soon as possible. Fucking come here. It's despicable what the administration has been doing all along the border this, this entire time. I mean, the yeah. separation of families, mm -hmm. reducing the number of immigrants that we're allowing to come in. Dramatically. And then, yeah, dramatically reducing that. And then putting roadblocks in the way for even those people who are in the most dire and desperate of circumstances where it's, it's, it's as if the administration views them as not human, human. people. Yeah. Agreed. They're, they dehumanize them and demonize them. It's disgusting on such a base level that I can't, I mean, th th there's no other way to describe it than being just a racist xenophobic policy from the get go. Yeah. Yep. I mean, wouldn't, I would rather see them being like, instead of being like, well, we're spending billions of dollars to fight terrorism. being like, well, why don't you spend billions of dollars to fight poverty? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The reason why these people are fucking coming here is because fucking cartels and poverty. Why don't you fucking help fight poverty? Cause that might help get rid of this border crisis. Mm -hmm. That's really not as bad as it used to be, but it's still not good. Well, and I mean, there's, there are so many things that contribute to the quote unquote crisis at the border, right? One of them that is fanning the flames of that the most is the failed war on drugs that's been yeah. going on for the past, what, 30, 40 years mm -hmm. almost that has done nothing but make warlords very, very rich. Oh yeah. Warlords and yeah. drug runners, yeah. very, very wealthy. 
And the other thing that just kind of popped in my head, how Trump keeps saying, well, we're going to pull all of our factories out of countries like Mexico and South America and bring them back to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? You just put out a lot of people from work in a place where it's really fucking hard to find a job sometimes. So there goes more people trying to get to the U.S. just to get their fucking old job back. Yeah, it's made it's made drug kingpins wealthy and the owners of private prisons and companies, oh, yeah. Yeah, the companies mm-hmm. that create and run private prisons very, very mm-hmm. wealthy because then they can throw anybody who's using or dealing drugs into prison yeah. and make a shit ton of money off of that. So that brings yeah. me to another thing I was thinking about last week because uh, I can't remember the, the, the basically the act that went through the Senate uh, that was supposed to be heard in Congress for basically legalizing marijuana across the board mm. uh, disappeared. I do not it, know what you are speaking of. The act quiet. I'm trying to remember what it was called. The act, <laughs> the act quietly died. It had bipartisan agreement in the Senate. Like, yes, this is good. And what it was going to do was first uh, remove uh, marijuana as a scheduled substance. So it was no longer be a schedule one drug. It wouldn't be a schedule anything drug anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would put a 5% federal tax on marijuana. And if you were arrested anywhere in the United States with a marijuana charge that was nonviolent, you would automatically be able to be released from prison. Be granted clemency. Yep. Yeah. So my thought, I'm like, well, if you're an owner or if you got stake in for-profit prisons and you've got a whole shitload of people locked up for nothing more than having marijuana on them, that's a lot of business you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. So there's stake to not having that law passed. So those people stay in jail so you can keep fucking making money off of them. So I hadn't heard anything about this bill. Was this passed in the House and sent over to the Senate and just... Died on Reaper McConnell's desk. Yeah. It McConnell basically said, I'm not even gonna look at it. Like it's It sounds like something that the Democrats have cooked up or it it happened the original bill made it through uh before the impeachment stuff happened. Mm -hmm. Then it passed while all the fucking impeachment stuff was kind of put on the back burner. But then McConnell had made a comment saying any uh bill that comes in my desk dealing anything with the legalization of marijuana, I won't even look at it. That's going to be so disappointing to John Boehner, who's all in for legalized marijuana and is invested in businesses around that. Yeah, but uh, it officially died, I saw uh, last week. Well, we've got immigrants that we need to try to keep out of the country yeah. and the president we need to try to protect. Mm-hmm. Criminal enterprise in the White House we need to make sure continues running smoothly. Yeah, even though the original writing and passage of the bill to be go be passed through was a bipartisan vote and the country is on board for it. Majority of the country is all for getting rid of a uh, marijuana as a schedule one substance. Yeah. And a 5% tax. That's not a really a, I, I figured they would have went higher, like a 10 or a 15. Yeah. But even at 5% tax nationwide for a federal tax on marijuana, you know how much fucking money that would be coming in? A lot. A lot. Yeah, you need a lot of money. You'd undercut the cartels like undercut we the talked cart- about, and you could use that tax money to help fight poverty. You could. Yeah. Yeah, we'd much rather... But that'd be treating people like humans. Yeah, we'd much rather put, you know, disadvantaged people who, you know, because there aren't very many good-paying jobs available, mm-hmm. or they don't have the requisite education for a lot of the jobs that they would like to try to do, and there's no means in order to get the training or education in order to attain those jobs while they can sell dope and make a decent living Mm -hmm. to support their families. And we'd much rather throw them in jail. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's spend money on enforcement and prisons instead of 
education and improving the lives of citizens. Yeah. Well, and especially because, you know, most of those people who are affected are minorities. So we don't need to worry about that. We'll and just it, continue locking them up. And especially mm-hmm. in those areas where they're minorities and their best fucking hope for life is to be able to get a minimum wage job eventually someplace working fucking flipping burgers or at, at a fucking Walmart because their education system sucks. And they're like, well, wait, I can go make a thousand bucks a day on the street slinging drugs or I can go make 40 bucks a day working at fucking Burger King. And then we can spin all of the bad things that they're forced to do into working toward our own narrative of, well, see, we told you they're just bad people mm-hmm. and they're criminals and right. we just need to put them all in prison. Instead, we They're could, bad people. It's not that the government has failed them. Yeah. It fucking has. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, we can go in those communities and help them out. Yeah. Help the education system out there. Pay teachers more. Gross. All right, we got more news coming up in just a minute. Yeah. Hi, this is Christine Stenquist with Truce, together for responsible use in cannabis education. If you're interested in medical cannabis in Utah, follow us on our social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Truce Utah. If you're interested in donating to our awesome nonprofit, go to truceutah.org. And thank you so much for listening to the Godless Revolution podcast. Erica, it's your turn. Amen. Amen. Uh, I don't know. I guess I like getting high, but I don't need Jesus for that, so amen. Amen. Dude, come on. There's got to be something you want to ask for. Don't you want to, like, get out of the mobile home, stop stealing to survive, stop cutting your own hair? I'm pretty content with the way my life is right now, but I'll take a haircut from Jesus if he's going to give it to me for free. No, you got to work for it. God helps those who help themselves. Well, that's actually not in the Bible. Pastor Zach! Please, I am trying to help Erica go back to school and get her life on track. Maddie, can you please help me? I mean, yeah, Erica, I am definitely worried about you. Me too. I I know you think you're content, but... (sighs) Do you know when we were kids, I used to think I was content with gummy worms and Kool-Aid for breakfast? Do you want to know what I had for breakfast this morning? A French slam from Denny's. Yep. All because I started believing I deserve better. Do you believe you deserve better? I know you do. Well, I mean, I I guess I could. Oh, I just saw the kayaks floating away on their own for no reason. It was crazy. What? Where, where, where are my kayaks? Oh, they're right up. Oh, they're gone. No! Oh, please, God, no, not my kayaks. Holy shit. I am such a fucking loser. I can't have my own business. I can't even tie up a goddamn kayak. I am worthless. Erica, forget what I said about deserving a better life, okay? Mom was right, we're losers. I am just a burnt out meth head who should have died a long time ago. And fuck you, Jesus! Maddie, remember, anger gives a foothold to the devil. And you, you lied to me, you piece of shit. I should kill you for filling my head with all that Jesus bullshit. I should kill you! No, 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 If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! You have more news for us? Yes. Ooh, goody goody. Healthcare professionals who work in Vancouver area hospitals and medical clinics will no longer be required to attend 12-step programs if they want to keep their jobs after being diagnosed with addiction. Hmm. The change comes as a result of a settlement between Public Health Authority Vancouver Coastal Health and former nurse Byron Wood, who filed a human rights complaint alleging he was discriminated against as an atheist when he was fired for quitting Alcoholics Anonymous. 
Wood told CBC the agreement was reached after a month of negotiations. Quote, I'm really happy about the outcome. It means that VCH employees are not required to attend 12-step rehab centers, 12-step meetings, or participate in any 12-step activities if they object for religious reasons. It's what I've been fighting for the last six years, close quote. As part of the- Six years? Mm, Damn. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Canada, where they're like, you know, not even fervent. They're- (laughs) (laughs) As part of the settlement, Wood said he has to keep many details of the agreement confidential, but he did say Vancouver Coastal Health employees who require addiction treatment will now have a way of meaningfully registering their objection to 12-step programs. They won't have to attend AA or similar programs if that approach to treatment conflicts with their religious or non-religious beliefs. Nearly 14,000 people work for the health authority, including 5,500 nurses and 2,700 doctors. I mean, that's good, but I still hope they're able to find ways to get help that don't associate with God. Yeah, they yeah. they do have non uh, non higher power yeah. affirming, which you think programs. they would just say, "Hey, as long as you're seeking treatment, it doesn't matter what kind of treatment you're seeking, as long as you're trying to you like you realize, okay, I've got a problem." Mm. I need to fix this. Right. Mm. And that's what I'm he getting was, help. Basically, that's what he was saying. Yeah. It shouldn't be like, no, you must go to this one where you have to affirm to a higher power. Right. Like, well, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I mean, there's huge problems with AA anyway, because they don't. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a 12-step program where you're supposed to acknowledge a higher power and they, you know, for people who are non-believers, it's like, well, it doesn't have to be a God. You just, you know, it could be a doorknob. Like you could yeah. just so, say yeah. this doorknob is your higher power. Like, so what good does it do you? And then none. And then there are no, there are no real studies about the efficacy of, the, of these programs either. Like the recidivism rates are just as high or higher anecdotally than any other thing that you could possibly do. Right. They, they don't consider you a success. Unless you are sober for the rest of your life. And if yeah. you relapse, if you relapse, then you're a failure and it doesn't reflect on the program. <laughs> like that's, that's not how this is, this shit is supposed to work, right? Like you go through a program and then we, then we can track you and see how well you were able to stay sober. Yeah. But that's not how AA operates. AA operates on our success stories of the people who are sober for the rest of their lives. They literally f- forget the misses and count the hits. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's and that's all they do. Yeah. And tout that as their great success. And well, how many people have gone through your program and it didn't work for them? Yeah. Oh, we don't talk about those people. Yeah. Which is they failed the program, so it's not the program's fault. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's probably better off to go talk to a, a therapist and find out what's causing you to drink. What are your triggers? Yeah, what are the underlying issues yeah. that that motivate you to try to blank out? Here, here's something else you can do when you get that urge. We can go do this instead versus what you used to do and try yeah. to Your create different behavior. habits. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, so we've got this story about Acton Bowen that's been making the rounds uh, since just before Christmas. Yeah. This comes to us from Patheos on Michael Stone's blog, The Progressive Secular Humanist. Says televangelist Acton Brown sentenced to 1,008 years for sexually abusing children. You think he'll get out ever? I doubt it. That's that's a very well, it's a long time. He could get good behavior in 504 years. <laughs> hey, Moses lived to be that long. <laughs> he lived to be that long. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
the st- <laughs> How old are you? I'm 500 something <laughs> years long. <laughs> they use different terminology back then. Oh, it was the old days. Hugo. <laughs> Justice. Uh, popular Alabama televangelist Acton Bowen is sentenced to 1,008 years, the maximum penalty allowed after pleading guilty to 28 charges of raping and sexually assaulting multiple children. In addition to the 1,008-year sentence, Bowen was also ordered to pay $840,000 in fines. That no one will ever see. Probably not. Before his arrest in 2018, Bowen was the host of XL Roads TV. A Sounds like a travel show. Global, yeah. A global broadcast reaching millions every week. AL.com reports... Alabama evangelist Paul Acton Bowen mm. was sentenced Friday to 1,008 years in, me- in prison, the maximum on all counts, for his guilty pleas to sexually abusing a half dozen teenagers. In addition, he was ordered to pay $840,000 in fines for all counts, also the maximum. ABC News reports Acton Bowen, the evangelist who served as a youth minister for teenage boys and became a best-selling author, was given the maximum sentence for all 28 charges related to sexually abusing six teenagers in Etowah County in on Friday. The sentences are to be served consecutively, which means Bowen would serve roughly 1,008 years before being released. And you can serve your sentence when you're convicted on multiple accounts. Yeah, either consecutively or concurrent. And mm-hmm. concurrent is that, you know, for let's say you're charged with 28 counts of child abuse and yeah. rape or whatever then that's 28 different sentences. And for those, if you're serving the time concurrently, it's okay. I enter prison today. And for each of these 28 counts that I was convicted of, I will be serving that time at the same time for each of them. Right. But running them consecutively means no, you serve your time for one and then you serve your time for the next. And once that first 40 years is over with, well, we're going to start the next 40, then we'll start the next 40 Mm -hmm. and then start the, yeah. How, how many years long is this guy? <laughs> um, because Acton Bowen, I have no idea. I would guess that he's in his from from the photos 40s. I've seen him. Yeah. He looked like he he didn't look that old from the photos I've seen of the guy. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it has his age in here somewhere. Uh, before being arrested for raping and sexually assaulting children, Bowen, founder of Acton Bowen Outreach Ministries, was a wildly popular youth evangelist and the host of Exel Roads TV. A worldwide broadcast viewed weekly by millions of teens and adults in every city in America and over 170 countries around the world. Reporting on Bowen's popularity, ABC News notes, The news of Bowen's arrest in 2018 shocked many in East Alabama's Christian community where he was considered a hometown hero. Bowen had served as chaplain for the 2012 Olympics, made appearances on Fox News, and promoted himself as a spiritual advisor to Hollywood stars including Justin Bieber. Oh, yay. Uh Uh-huh. According to reports, Bowen offered his underage victims hundreds of dollars to perform sexual acts, victims he met through his youth ministry. Uh Uh-huh. In a statement submitted during the hearing, one of Bowen's underage victims said, quote, I saw myself as damaged goods without realizing I'd been manipulated by a true professional. Before being sentenced, Bowen apologized both to his own family and his victims, at one point declaring, The shame and guilt I feel is overwhelming and has been for a long time. My heart was never wanting to hurt anybody, but my mind was not well. (laughs) Bottom line, after pleading guilty to 28 charges of raping and sexually assaulting multiple children, the popular Alabama televangelist has been sentenced to do 1,008 years in prison, the maximum penalty allowed under law. 
And it's got this great quote from Dan Savage at the bottom here that says, if kids got raped by clowns as often as kids get raped by preachers, it would be against the law to take your kid to the circus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just as a side note, he's 37 years old. Uh, Acton Bowen is? Yeah. 37. Oh, so, uh, so he's, 37 years long. I mean, I correct myself. Yeah, and he's got a stupid name. <laughs> Acton Bowen. Yeah, I have never even heard of this guy until this story came out. But I'm also not big into news about televangelists. Yeah. 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 Well, apparently he's also an anti-gay televangelist. He Uh-oh. railed on homosexuals quite a bit. Oh, I'm and sure. And he was doing what? Mm-hmm. Yep. Raping kids. But that uh that eight hundred and forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, I'm pretty sure that when he was arrested, that money there's no money in his accounts. He probably divulged himself of all assets. Mm-hmm. So they'll never get that money. Yeah. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Just like the Catholic Church does. Yep. Well, they could sue him and sell off all of his assets and Which, try to recoup whatever they can. That's all like he probably doesn't have any. That's there's a church probably that put did, it all in other people's names. Yeah. And, yeah. Because there was that uh uh, Minnesota church a few years ago that did that where they got sued and oh, I can't remember. It was a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, sorry, we don't have any money to give you. And it turned out that the cemetery that someone else owned as a part of the church had a shitload of money in their coffers. Now they just moved, weird, moved the money over somewhere else where they couldn't fucking get to it. Well, that's strange. I can't imagine and why, uh, the why vict- a good God fearing yeah. man would do that. And the victims yeah. got nothing. Terrible. Uh, last up, we have a couple stories about Pope Fluffy. He's the fluffiest. <laughs> so <laughs> happy all the time. We haven't really talked about Pope Fluffy for a, for a minute. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, this comes to us from meow.com. <laughs> I have no idea what this website is, but this story I thought was interesting. It says, Pope Francis compares Trump to King Herod, who tried to kill Jesus and innocent children. Pope Francis has compared President Donald Trump to King Herod, who massacred innocent children in ancient Palestine. While attempting to kill baby Jesus, according to a Jesuit journal, the pontiff made the statement while addressing his brother Jesuits during his recent visit to Thailand. And this is from December 6th of 2019. Francis reportedly slammed Trump and his administration in his thinly veiled condemnation, suggesting Trump, like a modern day Herod, was separating families at the border while allowing drugs to freely flow into the country. In other parts, there are walls that even separate children from parents. Herod comes to mind, Francis said, yet for drugs, there's no wall to keep them out. The phenomenon of migration is compounded by war, hunger, and a defensive mindset, which makes us, in a state of fear, believe that you can defend yourself only by strengthening borders. At the same time, there is exploitation. The Pope, during a question and answer session, also talked about the rise of populism and said that it is at the root of migrants' problems in Europe. I must admit that I am shocked by some of the narratives I hear in Europe about borders, the Pope said. Populism is gaining strength. The phenomenon of refugees has always existed, but today it is better known because of social differences, hunger, political tensions, and especially war. For these reasons, migratory movements are intensifying. What is the answer the world gives? The policy of waste, he said, adding that refugees are considered waste material in today's society. The pontiff also highlighted the importance of welcoming a foreigner in the Christian teachings. Refugees are waste material. The Mediterranean has been turned into a cemetery. The notorious cruelty of some detention centers in Libya touches my heart. That's a weird way of saying it. Mm -hmm. At least he didn't say it was touching something else. (laughs) Well, just the notorious cruelty touches his heart. 
the Christian tradition has a rich evangelical experience in dealing with the problem of refugees. We also must remember the importance of welcoming the foreigner as the Old Testament teaches us, the Pope added. Mm -hmm. It's probably also translated from Italian into English, so it might be... From Italy? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So there might be some... uh, some stuff lost in translation. Yeah, it could be. So that was a good thing the Pope said, right? Yeah, Calling I, out Trump for being I agree with a him. dickhead there. And yeah. he was talking about the you know populism across not just the US but Europe and every all the other countries that are treating migrants as a uh, waste. Yeah. And it was the the last line in the story that I think we should remember as we move on to the our next story about Pope Fluffy, where he says we also remember the importance of welcoming the foreigner as the Old Testament teaches us. Yeah, he mm. likes the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Which is great until yeah. he's, you know, doing a doing a line of people walking he past the line of people. He was doing the whole line? <laughs> Fuck, he's... Walking for... <laughs> past a line of people on New Year's Eve and is grabbed by a woman who he starts slapping her hands because <laughs> he's angry about it. Yeah, but I think she almost, she she didn't just grab, she did a full-on Trump yank. She did do a She tried a, to pull him yank, in there. Yeah. Uh, this comes to us from the New York Times. Rome. Pope Francis apologized on Wednesday for the flash of anger or self-protection <laughs> that he exhibited while greeting the faithful around the Vatican's giant nativity scene after a New Year's Eve liturgy the evening before. In an incident captured on video and spread across the internet, Francis can be seen reaching into the crowd and seeking the hands of children. As he turns away, a woman in the crowd grabs his right hand with both of her hands and yanks the 83-year-old Pope back, causing him to momentarily lose his balance. Yeah, he could have broken a hip. He's probably a little unbalanced anyway. Well, we know that. Francis, visibly upset, slaps twice at the woman's hands to free himself, rebuking her, and then angrily turns away. I wonder if he yelled, you're going to hell. And they have some still photos (laughs) of his face while it's happening. He he was clearly pissed off. Yeah. One thing about the video... Um, his security guards aren't that great. No, none of them. There's like three around him. None of them stepped in <laughs> to be like, oh, this woman just yanked him away. Maybe we should stop this. <laughs> that, that'd probably be a good idea. In his traditional Wednesday remarks, the pontiff offered an apology as he ruminated on patience and how it conquers iniquity and power. Many times we lose our patience, he said. I do too, and I'm sorry for yesterday's bad example. Should have turned the other cheek. (laughs) This is not the first time the world has focused on papal handshakes gone awry. In March, Francis repeatedly withdrew his hand from worshippers as they sought to kiss his ring. Video of that receiving line also circulated widely, and it became material for jokes on late-night talk shows. It was also a source of consternation for conservatives, many of whom disliked Francis and called the video disturbing evidence of the Pope's breaking with tradition and ritual. The Vatican said at the time that the Pope's motivation for yanking his hand back was itself viral. It was a simple question of hygiene. <laughs> but he just shook a bunch of little shit kids' hands. Said, said Alessandro Gisati, who was then the Vatican's chief spokesman. On the papal plane later that month, a reporter jokingly withdrew his hand as Francis sought to shake it, prompting a good-humored explanation from Francis that he had simply been looking out for people's health. There is something called soap. You can just wash your hands afterwards. Oh, yeah, but they didn't talk about that in the Bible. So, you know, he may not be oh. all up on stopping the spread of disease, disease. and germs. True. Because yeah. he probably just takes his papal poop and doesn't <laughs> his wash papal his papal poop. hands. 
in the papal sink. I like the word papal. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, Papal's fun, people. It sounds like people too much. <laughs> Remember that the one papal people. One episode where one of the headlines was he poked himself, poked his pants or something. That was oh, a long yeah. time ago. Ah, fuck, I can't remember what that was uh, even about. But yeah, uh, that's ringing a bell for sure. And then that one time you said you shit your mouth. <laughs> I pooped my I mouth. I pooped your mouth, yeah. <laughs> oh, fun times. Well, this was the first show of the new year. We hope you all enjoyed yourselves. I enjoyed chatting with you fine fellows. Oh, yeah. It's been a great time. Uh, but that will do it for us this it, it, evening. It will do it. That'll, that'll pretty much wrap things up for us this evening. Before we go, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters. That would be Alan Firth. Christy Kalbach. The Atheist. Stephen Andrus. Latimico Feffi. Two Skeptical Chaps. Vanessa. Don't be a Richard. Nico Gonzalez. Ali Olsen, Utah Outcast, Wes Aaron, Andrew Vodapich, Jeremy Goodson, Brandy Hamrick, Megan Kennedy, Bobby Digital. I knew I was going to get this. <laughs> <laughs> Freethinker215 and Nelson Haha Months support Phil Abundance. Give to your food bank. Megan Mitchell, Janet Uter, Savita Kuna, Taylor Green, Purple Dragon, Captain Samples, and Corey Ebert. Thank you all so very much. Yeah. If you would like to become a Patreon patron, you can do so easily by going to patreon.com slash godlessrevolution, where you can contribute as little as $1 per episode. And that is is a very good thing. It helps keep the show going and, and keeps us out of doing commercials. Yeah. And ads for things and junk and stuff. And so until next week, crucify Trump, because I think he'd like to be up on a cross anyway. Mm-hmm. And leave a review or else the Pope will slap your filthy, filthy hands. <laughs> and rate the show five times a day toward being 37 years long. <laughs> <laughs> and then I forgot to check the fucking goddamn. Let me pause this for a second. <laughs>